What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain for all you early birds getting to this podcast when it first drops, April 26th through 28th is our semi-annual sale at Onnit. We only do two big sales a year now, so head over there, check it out. There's going to be the best prices you're going to see up until Black Friday. And for those of you who missed it, don't stress, onnit.com slash Aubrey has every day 10% off everything. So please go check out all the tools for human optimization, onnit.com slash Aubrey, and if you're early, take advantage of that sale. Gary V is a man that needs no introduction. He's an author, social media mogul, entrepreneur. The list could go on and on. But if you're looking for a 40-minute kick in the ass, you've got one coming. What's up, my friend? Life is very good. It is indeed. So one of the things that I realize is a lot of people talk about not having enough time. But really what I've noticed, it's not necessarily time that's the rate-limiting factor. It's inspiration, passion, fire energy that seems to be what's the what's the greatest limitation do you seem to find the same or do you think that it's actual hard time that that well, I mean, you run into look hard time is real mm -hmm. right 24 hours in a day i think it's real but i think you're barking up the right tree right which is a lot of people ask me how much i sleep and when i say six to seven hours a lot of them get confused you know they they think that's too much and i laugh because i always tell them it's not what i'm doing uh other than what I'm doing when I'm awake, right? It's what you do in those 18 hours, not what you do in your rest time. Yeah. And uh, I think that for me, I'm going 24 seven, 365 hard on that 18 hours. You know, there's no time to watch a funny video on YouTube or things of that nature. And yeah, I think it, it's, a, it's around determination and passion and being excited. And I, I couldn't, you know, when I think back to being in school, how lazy I was, how much I sucked, it was because I didn't believe in it. And right. so now I understand when people don't believe in their job or what their entrepreneurial venture is, it makes sense to me that they're not grinding. For me, it, it's a foregone conclusion. I found my zone and I'm gonna go as hard as I can. So yeah, I, I, think, I think they're both right. You know, I think we all have relationships and you have families and there's all these things pulling at you. Um, but I always tell people like, I'm out of balance because if I wasn't, I would suffocate. Right. right? Like right. I can't do the thing that you want me to do. That's currently politically correct. I can't do nine to five. It's just not who I am. I'd be unhappy. And if I'm unhappy, then the whole thing's broken. Nobody's going to do well if I'm in a bad spot, right? Not my family, not my friends, not my employees, not the people that rely on me. So yeah, I, I can see where you're going with that. 
Yeah, I mean, it, when I'm when I'm on and fired up, my capacity is seems exponentially greater than force. when it's like a when it's a force when I'm dragging myself through and just doing it for, by some sense of having to do it rather than that kind of fire. Are there ways that you help people, you know, get fucking fired up for what they do? The only thing I think I do, and people whether they watch my videos, is I I try to suffocate out bullshit and excuses, right? I, I feel like you've got to attack the well, not the sink. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give people a tactic. I don't want to give them a thought or a five-step program or a hint. It's binary. Either you're in the right place or you're not. And so I think the thing that I'm trying to do is give people permission to do things that they want to be doing. And what I've come to realize through this journey uh, as I've started building an audience is the permission is not worrying about what the inner circle thinks. My big thing, my big revelation to myself is, oh, these people are worried what their mom is gonna say. Right. They're worried what their girlfriend's gonna say. They're worried what their, their husband's gonna say. They're not doing things because they're worried about being judged. Robert Greene in his book, Mastery, calls those the counter forces. Makes you know, sense. Paying attention to the, these things in your inner circle that are gonna drive you based on their own fears and their own projections into something that you shouldn't do. My father wanted me to be a fucking bond analyst or something yeah. like some, some work in some Goldman Sachs type yeah. firm, you know, which would have been an absolute derailment of my career. Fortunately, you know, I had enough of my own resolve and personal practices. I was able to avoid that counterforce. but for some people, those can be too strong. And if they don't shed those things. I think that's what I'm trying to give. I'm trying to be everybody's shield to their inner circle by blaming me for it. I'm on this new kick, like, <laughs> I just made a video this morning outside the airport. L- point to this video and let me take the shit. Everybody in the comments, like, Grandma, come tell me I'm a dick face. You right. know, like, it's fine. Like, I can handle it. I'm trying to give people permission. So I think, I think the one thing I'm trying to figure out is how to communicate through video, through audio, through written word. How do I communicate the at-bat that I want everybody to have? Because when you're happy, you start getting into a funny place that I would call guilt. I'm in a funny place. I almost feel so grateful and so guilty that I'm doing this, not only because I'm narcissistic and I like the attention, because that's real. I like the attention, that's real. Mm-hmm. But the impact's insane. I mean, if anybody could have the drug that I'm addicted to, which is the 100 emails a week of people telling you that their life is better because of you, and that you've figured out that the way you communicate hits people, well, now I'm like, oh crap, I have this, you know, it's like the comic book thing, like with great power, there's great responsibility. I'm like, okay, if I've got a style to manipulate people, most people go down a bad path, but I got lucky, I got great parents and great DNA, so let me get to the truth, and the truth is, your mom's fucking you up. And so like, if I can get in there and penetrate and say, hey, point to me, you know, I'm an immigrant, so every Asian, Indian, Eastern European, Latino immigrant, you know, parents are pushing education. And I'm out there getting D's and F's and doing my thing, and they're like, can I, and I, I love it. When sometimes people email me, they're like, can you make a video for my dad? I'm like, yep. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Kajuka, uh, <laughs> fuck you. Like, that's, you know, it's is it like, a generational <laughs> and cultural thing? I mean, is this, do you think yes. this will change? And no. When, no. Mean, mean, <laughs> you mean we're going to be that, I mean, our generation well, is going to be that same let's, counterforce? Let's remember what's going to happen. We've lived through nine good years of an economy. Yeah. Shit's about to hit the fan. 
And you know what happens when shit hits the fan? And when I say shit's about to hit the fan, next year, the next year, tomorrow, three years from now, bull market, you know, they're, you know, everything has a correction. hundred percent. So as soon as it happens, you know, what's going to happen. Everybody goes to defense. Yep. Everybody's an entrepreneur now. Yeah. It's really great to be an entrepreneur. It's really cool. Let me give you the steps you need to do. You need to open an Instagram account and in your bio, you put CEO (laughs) like, you know, Super, super great. You know, I love how everybody's like, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur. That's like me saying I'm a basketball player. There's, you know, there's a difference between being paid to be a professional basketball player and doing the shit that you and I did a couple weeks ago in the gym where we were huffing and puffing, right? Yeah. Being an entrepreneur is awesome and I, I want everybody to try it or be romanced by it, but don't be delusional. There's only a few that actually win at the levels that everybody, you know, the watches and the private jets are for a small group. And then there's only another group that's bigger that can actually afford to live their lives that way. And you have to be mentally strong. It's scary. It's by yourself. I'm dying to see what happens when shit hits the fan because I want to first see who's really an entrepreneur, who's not. Mm-hmm. You know, who's willing to live in a studio apartment after they have to sell their fancy LA house because they overextended themselves. And now are they going to go work at Bank of America or are they going to live super humbly? in a studio with four of their homies instead of that awesome place yeah. with all the bikinis at the you know pool like like where you know and so who's going to grind and so i think that a lot of people look at entrepreneurship and this alternative that you and i were just talking about as a fun great thing it has been i'm just worried it's not self sustaining i know so many people that look like they're winning but they're not because if their cash flow stops which, oh, by the way, for 90% of them is raising capital. Yeah. Yeah. And, right? and when, I mean, like, and when people the, aren't making money. Yeah, sure. And when the tide retracts, as it will, that capital is going to All of a sudden, up. your fucking t-shirt company is not going to be the next supreme. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, <clears throat> the pinch, you know, that moment where it, it seems like every successful entrepreneur you talk to has that pinch moment, that pinch moment where the forces of resistance mount up and then they test you to see if you're really for real. And then what happens is very simply, it's, whether it's for real or you've got it, it's just simple. I couldn't breathe doing anything else. Yeah. Like there's no alternative. I don't want to anything. I don't want a house and a car and another, a boat. I just want to play the game. The luxury of no choice. I mean, that was something that the Spartans entrained in their troops, right? I mean, there was never give up, never surrender. It wasn't even an option. It, it didn't even play in their mind. Because when you have that quit as an option, when that's not part of your ethos that you don't quit or that it's not part of who you are, then you'll torture yourself with that thought alone. And then as we were talking earlier, that will slow you down. You know, the more that your mind can go, should I, shouldn't I, should I, when you're a clear, yes, this is going to happen. It's way easier to move swiftly. You know, what's funny. You know, what's funny. It's, I was listening to you carefully. Yes. It's going to happen is something I'm is that I've been thinking a lot about, which is my definition. What I just said is, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. It's just, I don't, I'd much rather run my own businesses and make 80,000 a year Mm -hmm. than not and make a million a year. I just can't breathe. It's all I've ever known. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many people right now that call themselves founder, CEO, and entrepreneur. If I said, here's 2 million a year being a banker, right? Or here's 86,000 flinging your hats and t-shirts 
I just think most of them take the two million, at least the ones I've been coming across the last three or four years. That's the difference. When I was 29, 28, and building this big liquor store in New Jersey, I was making $47,000 a year. I didn't have anything cool. I wasn't in the clubs in New York City. My friends who were working at Wall Street and Goldman and all those things, or consulting or other things, they were making 150, 200,000, and they were, right? And I was happy. Yeah. Too many people are envious. Right now, the entrepreneur is the thing that so many envy. And I'm scared that when the market corrects, people are gonna be lost. I'm, I'm actually, you know, this whole last rant, the last five, six minutes, I just wanna clarify it. I'm not angry, I'm worried. I'm worried because a lot of these kids I have heart for. And they and they aren't on. They're not going to be successful entrepreneurs. Well, there's a there's a kind of factor that'll come into play. You know, a, a lot of if you look at um, evolutionary biologists, they'll they'll talk about the genetic bottleneck theory. Like some macro event will happen. A volcano will go off. Foliage will die. Plant, you know, animal species will decrease. And then that winnows the human population down to the strongest, the savviest, the most creative. And then those people start collaborating, working together. In the case of evolutionary biology, they start breeding. And that advances the human race. In some respects, this you know, tide, should it come, will actually focus the people who are really cut I out totally for agree. it and clear out the path. And then what's going to come next at the next boom is going to be another evolutionary 100%. advance. Uh, by the way, I'm pumped. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> right. I'm worried because I have feelings for 26-year-old Charlie, sure. who's a nice kid. I'm thrilled because the game is the game, the market is the market, and that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. And then I'm selfishly thrilled because I've built two businesses during shit times and I'm more comfortable being a wartime general than anything else. I want carnage. I want to be forced into restructuring my company. I want to be crafty and evolve through the minefields. I don't like all this you know, C-minus players thinking they're legit and enjoying the fruits of the game. That's when I feel shit's broken. Yeah, or even... I mean, even for me, I, there's a sense of there's a sense of bloating that can come when the success is too easy, 100%. right? Where I, I have projects that are going that probably I should cut if I was 100. ruthless enough and I needed to. And that feeling, the austerity of having the world collapse down upon you, you know, certain people with that stoic mentality, you see that force of resistance, say, "Oh, great, there's a motherfucking dragon. Now the hero can come out." You know, without a dragon, there are no heroes, right? Like the well, hero needs now, these I mean, things look. to slay. Now, this is why I disrespect anybody who's a Patriots fan that doesn't live in Boston or from Boston. (laughs) That's just the quickest tell that you're not a hero. That's the quickest tell that you need some other force to give you self-esteem. Like, I love losing. I love being a Jets and Knicks fan. I love the climb. I need that dragon all the time. I manifest it. Yeah. I'm so fucked up. I make up fake problems just because it's not interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I mean it. When I won in the wine game, I moved to this thing and like my biggest fear is that VaynerMedia is becoming the clear-cut winner of this new digital social agency and I'm like fuck I can even feel it in my body already I'm like this is bad because once everybody succumbs to this truth then it's not fun anymore then I've got to find a different dragon well it sounds like you you probably have a lot of dragons that you're looking at there's there's smogs living underneath living underneath your middle earth that you're gonna come steal some jewels from but you know what this is what's interesting to me this is the thing I'm trying to dissect. Who's in it because they're in it and who's in it because it's the trend. And let's not get it twisted. There's an enormous amount of people listening even to this podcast right now that are in it because it's on trend. And by the way, it's easy. You can say you're a rapper or an athlete 
but you can easily see that you're not by the actions of that. Entrepreneurship is hidden. Entrepreneurship is kind of like you say it on your gram account and then you kind of can look the part. You can go to the parties. You can go to the conferences. Like you can trick it way more right. than a lot of other things. And, um, and so I'm saying this very carefully. Listen to me. If you know deep down that you're being exposed by this rant, here's a smart move. Before the world collapses, go figure out who you think is actually gonna survive that. Who are the wartime generals? Let me remind a lot of you. The 84th employee at Facebook is gonna make much more money than the founder of almost every company that's gonna be invented over the next five decades. So the one advantage is the access to these winners that you've never seen before. So if you are listening right now and saying, fuck you, Gary, like I've got this, I'm gonna do it, then do it. Stick it to my face, I can't wait to get the email from you five, six, seven, eight years from now. But if you're listening and saying, "Mm, it's true, because I wasn't into being a businessman or woman when I was a junior in high school, right? I was gonna be this, I was gonna be an architect, I was gonna go to Harvard, I was gonna be a banker. If that's you, give a real thought to this because We've seen this in 2001 and 2008. Shit is very ugly and it's a 10-year, seven-year, five-year step back. Or you could take advantage of the window we're in right now and take advantage of the fruitful times and the access to these A-plus generals and I would jump on those boats if I were you. Yeah. When, uh, what is the place for that fake it till you make it kind of, kind of paradigm? You know, I think when- it's cool internally. I think it's shit externally. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're losing too much when you fake it till you make it with the A players of the universe. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's tricking me. Right. Like I know you bought your fans, your engagement blows. <laughs> like, you know, like, like, like I, I think fake it till you make it. Look, being confident, if you roll up and be like, I'm 23, I'm starting a, a sock company and I'm going to win. That's different than saying I'm already winning or this, that, and the other thing. Or, it's a matter you know, of authenticity, I guess. You know how many people are like, hey Gary, I'm friends with your boy, da, da, da. I check. Yeah. I'm like, yo, you, you friends with this kid? They're like, he rolled up at me at South by, like, right. I think faking to you make it fakes losers and makes you lose with winners. So really what you're saying is instead of fake it till you make it, believe in yourself. 100%. If you believe in yourself, portray that belief because that's authentic, that's real. Because now we're in an age where inauthenticity is going to get, expo- it's going to get exposed. I'm not running around and saying I'm part owner of the Jets and soon I'm just going to buy the rest. Yeah. I'm saying I want to try to buy the Jets. I'm going to buy the Jets. That's yeah. different. Yeah. But you have a lot of people that are just like getting into fake news and like really like just making up shit and saying like, oh, my bo- your boy, you know, he confirmed that he's going to be an investor. And like, again, people, the amount of kids that have ruined their brand with so many of the winners that I know is staggering to me. And that has been during good times. It's going to get way worse. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I think fake it till you make it internally. You know, trick yourself that you've got it. That's good. I like the delusional. Yeah, that positive, yes. that positive self-talk. Yes, yes. And, you know, blind really, faith. Yeah, blind faith. But when you start putting that out to the world, now you're fronting, now you're bullshitting, and you're losing equity with the people that you want to. Makes Again, sense. I always tell people you're tricking losers. Like the kids that are getting tricked, and you're the man, and you're the woman, and like you're winning. Like, <laughs> they're, they're they're you know that's not who you want to be winning over. Yeah. And then you come to the big leagues and you get exposed, and then. That trickles. I mean, it's unbelievable. I think people would be stunned by how much people talk um, at the levels that you want to be at. And 
you need to be careful when you come into those circles. Yeah. One of the things you talked about, it sounds like being who you are is just part of your DNA, you know, being an entrepreneur, you know, being authentic to what your DNA is. One of the other motivational factors that you touched on is the impact that you're having on other people. And mm. that's something when I coach other people too, I say, you can get exhausted if all you're doing is focused on yourself. If you're focused mm. on what your mission will do to the things that you love, you, including yourself, but beyond yourself as well, you'll have a lot more fire and a lot more passion to do it. I think it's an important part of the why. I think a lot of people would be stunned how, how much money I leave on the table every day. Um, because my number one KPI is how many people show up to my funeral. The end. <laughs> period, end of story. And there's nothing even remotely close. The whole ambition for the New York Jets is a distant second and all the short-term stuff. I've got a lot of the Vayner sports guys here, people, people I meet on the street about Vayner sports. Like, they're, like, I don't think people understand. Like, I, I don't care about that. Like, I really don't give a fuck about money. And now person listening is like, oh, easy for you to say, no. You've got to go look at what my life was. Like when I was building Wine Library, I didn't care either. You know, mm -hmm. 24, 25, 26, 27, 28-year-old dudes, when they built a $45 million business, don't tend to pay themselves $40,000. They don't because they know that those dollars can get them what they want. Girls, fun. I, I am obsessed with my legacy, which means I'm trying to give more than I'm taking on a daily basis. Plus, I know I'm good enough to get mine without taking from somebody else. So I'm running a marathon. My only vulnerability, my kryptonite is being regretful in my 70s or 80s when I have less in the tank and I might say, oh shit, I left too much on the table. And that's something I think a lot about. Yeah. I, I think a lot about being 80, 90 and saying, hmm, you know, it wouldn't have been a bad idea to take a little more. Um, but I'm hopeful that doesn't transpire because I think so far I feel very confident that both are gonna get theirs, right? Yeah. I'm gonna get mine. And the people that interact with me are going to get theirs from me. And I think that has a lot to do with why I put out so much content. I think one of the things that has helped me a lot too is trusting the law of reciprocity. Trusting that most people are going to have that innate, most of the people at least that you want to do business with and work with, are going to have that innate sense of if you give, they're going to feel you know, compelled to give back. We had that conversation about an influencer meetup just now. It's, it's a universal law that most people... Feel. And so if you abide by and believe in that law and treat people that way, give first let me, uh, and just trust. Let me give everybody who's listening right now the one little piece that makes that system work. And it's a rare trait. I don't know if you can develop it, but if you can, you should. Here's the big one. That's exactly right, my man. Mm -hmm. Comma, when somebody lets you down, you can't spend a second on it. Mm -hmm. If you're gonna give and you're gonna expect nothing in return, I've got big news for you. A lot of people are gonna give you nothing in return. <laughs> you have to be mentally in a place. It's insane to me how little somebody lets me down. I helped somebody get into a deal. It was closed. I reopened the deal, got them in. They made millions of dollars on a $50,000 investment. A couple years later, my second book came out. I said, yo bro, can you buy a bunch? I'm just trying to sell as many as possible. Dude had nothing for me. I made millions of dollars. Other people I met one time, one time, and they were buying hundreds. Yeah. Everybody's different. But I would tell you, it was stunning to me how much it didn't bother me. I took note because I knew I could tell this story one day, right? Mm -hmm. And I knew that it would be a great lesson. But it un it was, I was unfazed because that's just the way it is. You can't, you can't live by giving without expecting anything in return and then knowing 
I always tell people karma is practical. Yeah. The shit's practical. Like do the right thing. It's just going to work out. Especially what people understand. You know what I prefer? I like doing the right thing and actually having them say good things about me behind my back even if I don't get what looks like the deal in front of me. Because life is long. And so, yeah, man, I agree with you. But, for example, my dad's the other way. My dad could never play that game. Mm-hmm. He's, so, over he's, the, a, he's so let down by people. His, yeah. He wants his employees to care more about his liquor store than he does. It's insane. <laughs> I tell him, I'm like, Dad, they wouldn't work for you. if they, like, it, it, he, He's not practical about it. Mm-hmm. And it, I struggle with it, and I, uh, and I try to get him there. But this is a hard wiring thing. For me, my whole game works because I expect nothing. And I mean nothing from nobody, yeah. zero. Not my mom, not my dad. The biggest reason I went into my family liquor store business, I didn't want to go into it because I didn't want people to say, oh, your dad had a liquor store. I did it because I wanted to pay back the dues that my parents did by coming to America and making us a middle-class family by having a local liquor store. Reciprocity at work. Reciprocity at work. So I think that, um, yeah, man, I'm a big buyer of that. I'm just worried a lot of people on the other line don't understand you've got to check your feelings at the door and if you're giving without expectation, that means pay attention without expectations. I think that's incredibly important because when you go the other way, then you start to get let down by people. And then that starts to erode your mission to help other people because you'll start looking, you'll take a specific case example, someone will do something fucked up to you and you'll be like, you project oh, it. people are fucked up, right? Rather than, oh, this person made a mistake because they I, were selfish I, or whatever. I tell all my homies, I'm like, that's because you're a loser. I tell them that. I go, you're a losing player. Yeah. If you need somebody else to do something for you to get yours, you're already broken. I was telling you in there, like in everything I do, nobody can have leverage. And that's how my whole life is. Nobody's got leverage over me because I just don't want to live that way. Yeah. Like why? Like why put yourself in that position? If you're good enough, you don't need it. And everybody talks a big game and then they need somebody else to do something to have them win. I just don't believe in that. We all need people. We need help. We need breaks. We need luck. I believe in all that shit. Like I hate when people are like, there's of course there's moments in time. Like the internet came along at the right time for me. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know. Like, is that luck? Is that timing? We all have that. But to put yourself in a position when you rely on somebody else or worse, and this is the one that drives me batshit crazy. The amount of people that want to do nice things for me because then they want to hold it over me for something else you can taste that shit from a mile away. Sure. Like, I know you're trying to do that. And the, the funniest thing is, people are crazy too. People are like, hey, I'll give you this free t-shirt. <laughs> All right, now you, you should invest a million dollars into my business. Like, they're, they're not even like normal yeah, yeah, yeah. trades, right? Well, the, the one that I love is people saying that they'll buy me a cup of coffee. Yeah, I'm gonna buy you dinner. I'm like, cool. I'm like, listen, I'm like, you man. You better buy fucking ten restaurants. I fucking make coffee. Like, like I have unlimited supply of coffee. I have a keg on tap. Am I like, what are you offering me? You know, a Quick, five dollar qu- coffee. Quickest way to get a delete out of my inbox, <laughs> and it happens fifteen times a day. The title: I'm gonna help you buy the New York Jets. That's the quickest tell that you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, one of the things that I've noticed with you that, and I've done business with a lot of, a lot of people with big podcasts and big followings. And, and, and one thing I noticed with you is you're a believer like I am in leaving meat on the bone. And I've been surprised with dealings with other people. And usually those dealings fall through when they're unwilling to leave, they just carve it to the very precipice where it's just at that 50, 50, maybe you both are taking a little loss kind of kind of spot and it just 
it boggles my mind why they have to push it there when they when there is abundance, when there's plenty of meat for both sides, but they push it to that infinite level. And, and in that quick conversation with you, it was an easy, immediate yes, because it was recognizing abundance and saying, hey, let's both eat. Well, you know, what was funny about that was we went right to the punchline, right? I was like, look, yeah. this matters to me. I know what matters to you. And like, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, look, I just genuinely believe in 5149. I'm desperate to try to do more for the other person. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I think it's leverage. Yeah. I, I like it. I like being in that power position. I don't want to be uh, on the hook for something. And so it just works on so many ways. Number one, I don't have to think about it. Imagine having to think about owing people shit. That's exhausting. Number two, the person feels great to your point. Even the biggest of the biggest are always trying to carve too much for themselves so people can taste it. So you took note of that, right? Mm -hmm. So then you already feel good. It makes it easy. It's like light on your chest. Like it's just right. It's recognizing the long game too, because all right, maybe you carve out a little bit extra for you in the immediate, but in the long term, you know, it just leaves that sour taste and it allows the grounds for that relationship to, to dissipate. You said something that just triggers something in my mind. The other thing is I try not to jam with people that I don't think are going to be there at the finish line. Mm -hmm. So if I already think you're going to be a winner, like it makes so much more sense to have a 53 year relationship. You know, it's funny. I, I don't know if you guys watch all these documentaries or like stuff, but I was I'm so I always am so, so fascinated when two guys, two gals are sitting there and like, we've known each other for 62 years, right? You just <laughs> see that thing. I'm always into that. Like every time I'm, I'm an optimist, every time I meet somebody, I'm thinking forever. Yeah. I'm thinking one of the two of us is coming to the other person's funeral. Like I think that way. And so, yeah, I'm trying to build relationships. Yeah. I think that's such a key because some people, you know, I, I describe it with the analogy, the difference between a squirrel and a bear. Right, a squirrel's out trying to get as many nuts as he can. And the analogy for humans, that's money. Try and get as much, as many nuts as he can, bury it, put it in your bank account, bury it in a hole in the squirrel case, and, and hope that no animal comes and digs it up, the taxes, the lawyers, yep. whatever, the erosion. And then there's the bear that consumes as much as they can and leaves it on its body. And to me, being the bear means forging these connections. Because then it's like Willie Nelson. When Willie Nelson ran out of money and the fucking IRS went to go take his ranch and take everything, he had so many good connections within a day. People were like, hey, Willie, we'll take care of your ranch payments. <laughs> like, no problem. Because he'd forged something that was beyond, that someone no one could take. They couldn't take that away from him. Just like you can't take the bear's fat away from him. You know, it's not burying money in little holes. It's building something that's a part of you. And those are the connections that you form. No matter if on it got fucking crushed, you know, tomorrow, I'll be fine because I've done, you know, I've done right by absolutely every person I've dealt with. I've given, I've given my time, my heart, my services in every relation. So we could just start something else. There'd be on it too, whatever. Yeah. What I'm worried about is there's a lot of people listening right now and saying, okay, easy for you guys to say. And what I always tell these kids is you don't understand. That's how we got to that place. Yeah. You know, like everyone's like easy for you, easy for you. Like I just, I'm just fascinated by people's lack of patience. Like I didn't even, you know, and I know we live in a social media world and everybody's getting all these things flashed at them, but it's crazy. I'll never forget the day I started working full time in the liquor store. I was 22. And I remember saying to myself, literally, literally the first day, like I'd been working in the stores for eight years since I was 14, but this is it. I'm done with college. I actually worked a little few hours when I drove home from college my last day, but the next day was the first day. It was so weird. I hated school my whole life. 
And that was it. Like I walked into the liquor store and I never had to go to school again. It was like crazy. <laughs> it was the best day of my life. And I'll never forget, I remember saying, okay, I'm not gonna say a word for the next decade. I'm not gonna talk to my friends. This is real. And I didn't. My high school and college friends are very weirded out by me. <laughs> I, like, I like just went in a cocoon and I just worked every minute and I didn't even think about popping out until I was 32. Not a word, not a peep, not a party, nothing. And now I've got kids emailing me like, Gary, thank you so much. I love your videos. You inspire me when I'm super down. I almost gave up last week. Yeah, I've been doing my new business for about four months and I hit a real wall. I'm like, what's the fucking matter with you? <laughs> four months? Yep, you didn't hit a wall. You haven't even gotten out the gate. You, you're, not even, you're not even in the car. You're like still sleeping in your bed. I, I just really want to push patience and the long game. All this relationship talk you and I have been doing, squirrel, bear, all that shit, mm -hmm. it's all long game. Yep. You're either playing for life or you're playing for the few minutes ahead of you. And again, this keeps going back over and over in my mind to what other people think. Too many people right now, I mean, social media has become the place where everybody is a PR agent of themselves. Let's call it what it is, right? I just said there's a bunch of dudes in here. That's the first big head nod. Everybody just head nod. You're PRing yourself. And I get it. You know, like I get people want, you know, to hook up and to have fun. Like, I get everything. I get it. But it is creating ungodly short-term behavior, which is not allowing people to really win the game. Yeah, I think people are getting addicted to this immediate feedback kind of loop. You post a picture, you get the feedback. Entrepreneurship isn't like that. It's I not. mean, because you're going to get a bunch of shit feedback. It would be like posting every day and getting no response. You know, zero likes today. Good. On, on the right track. Zero likes, zero comments. We keep going. Guess what? You know? I lived that world. Yep. I was part of the early phase of this, right? I started a YouTube show four months after YouTube came out. There was nobody there. Like there was no social media, there was MySpace, but if you remember, people went to your wall, right? It's a, it was a different loop. Sure. So yeah, man, I just had like one comment, like weird, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, like there was, you know, and now what's happening is not only are we addicted to the feedback, but we're crippled. I mean, it's unbelievable to me to watch my friends get 83 good comments and one person says they're fat or they're dumb or it's stupid and they dwell. And they dwell on this. And this is why I keep getting back to this thought of how do you get insular and know what you're doing for yourself, mm -hmm. for yourself. You know, Ivan Drago, right? Last scene, like he loses and he's like, yeah, he's saying, I did this for myself, not for the fucking premiere, not for the Soviet Union. I was in the ring for myself. And it's a funny scene. I was born in Russia. I love the Rocky movies. I love America way more than the Soviet Union. So maybe it sticks with me, but there's something about that scene Right, everybody knows Drago for the famous scene, like I'll break you. For me, it was when he was in the ring and it's like, for myself. And that's how I feel. Like, I just don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. And I mean, not my kids, not my parents, not my wife. Now, I equally care so much of how they view me and what they think of me. It's pulling from opposite directions. But you gotta start with yourself because when you're actually allowing other people to get in, you're vulnerable. I remember the first time I kind of first son of the public scene, uh, went on Rogan's podcast and had on it and started to attract some negative feedback. Yeah. And really in my life, I've lived a way where I've, I got very little of that, you know, and I was exposed to very little of that. And this kind of wash of it was very challenging for me. So I reached out to my homie Bodie Miller at the time who helped me start mm -hmm. on it. And 
he, if for people who don't know, in the Torino Olympics, he was supposed to win. He was a Everything. cover boy on yep. time. And he did what Bodhi does. Bodhi enjoys his life and he <laughs> skis, right? But people took that as he wasn't taking it seriously. Sure. So he had, they have some kind of rating system in, uh, in sports agencies. And he actually had a lower rating than OJ after he fucking finished his trial, right? <laughs> so like people, he was getting death threats. People yeah, really hated him. And I was like, man, how did you deal with it? He's like, listen, my whole life, the only thing I care about is my, is my judgment of myself. Did I give it my best? Did I do what I know I can do? Because there's going to be people who compliment you when you don't deserve it. And there's going to be people who, you know, tear you down when you don't deserve it. But if you know, only you know, really what you committed and then judge yourself accordingly to that. Let me, let me get a little practical here because I think you and I have similar vibes. And so that can get very heady, right? Mm -hmm. It's really up in the cloud. And, and by the way, that's the punchline. Like yep. this is a mental game. Like there's just nothing else. Yep. But let me get real practical. Let me give you a couple things that I, I really want to leave people with stuff that, you know, I've been putting out a lot of shit for the last five or six years and I'm starting to see the themes of what's actually working. Here's a big one. If you're not feeling it, find new friends. I'm being dead serious about this. This one is real big for me. Who you hang out with is a huge deal. And again, these are all tried and true things, right? We've heard the, you're the whatever of the five friends you spent. Like, that's real. That's, that one, put in the bank. Like, if you're not feeling it, you need to go to meetup.com and go to 10 meetups of people that are hungry. Like, it's unbelievable what happened to me when I got into the Silicon Valley world and started meeting, like, Mark Zuckerberg and, like, Ev Williams and Sock and, like, Travis, like, it changed my life. This town, actually, it's fun for me to tell this story here. South by Southwest, 2007, changed my life because I hung out. I forced myself to go to a Web 2.0, which later became social media, the current state of the internet conference, South by Southwest. And I was looking at and all these kids. And by the way, this is when tech wasn't cool. Straight mm -hmm. fucking nerds. But they were trying to change shit. They weren't here for kicks and giggles. They weren't here to hook up. They were here to like change the world like i'm gonna build a product that is gonna be in every single person's hand like and they have like the twitters and the facebooks and the ubers they did and and uh, and it was the biggest impact of my career and it's something i think a lot about now so anyway real practical if you feel motivated by this conversation or you're intrigued by it add one new winner friend yeah like you know what i mean 100%. add one new winner friend and, and cut one loser friend like yeah i know he's been your boy since fourth grade but he sits at home and fucking smokes weed and plays 2K all day. <laughs> like, you can only love him so much. I, I always challenge people too because everybody will do that with their romantic interests, right? They're always hunting and pursuing and they got online dating apps and they're looking for this, Swipe for some sexual left. relationship. To the right. But but with friends, it's just like, oh yeah, it's just like it's default. It's who your right. homies were. You never cut anyone. Like, you'll break up with a girl if she's bad with you. But a friend, you feel like you can't break up with a friend. You know, it's this weird paradigm where it's like, oh yeah, they're just my friends. That that's gonna stay like that forever. I was with this badass forever. female entrepreneur the other day, and she's such a ninja. She fucking does it, and it's changed her life. Yeah. And the way she broke it down, I was like, okay, like, I just believe in it. I believe it. So anyway, there. You know, again, we're pontificating high level shit. Your brain might not be there. Here's something real. Go home, cut one, cut your loserous loser friend, <laughs> and go find a winner friend. Go like, go somewhere. Go somewhere. Like, go to like. Go, go to meetup.com, go to a Facebook group, join some shit, DM the 800 people that you think are, make sure they're not bullshitting, uh, they're like doing what you want and just make one new friend. I see it, like DRock, like he's right, like 
it's unbelievable to watch my team. Like they get faster, they get smarter, they get more confident, right? It's real, man. It's real confidence and like hunger gets passed on to each other. It's like team dynamics. It's why like a great player that sucks shit can fuck a team up. Like go audit your circle, add one more winner, decrease one more loser. And you can still do it with love. You don't have to be rude to that person, but you just have to have the discretion. You have to be, you know, your own best coach. You know, you have to put yourself in positions to win and just, you know, do it yeah, with it's, love, it's but, it's but not breaking do it for up. yourself. It's like, yo, I just can't come over four times a week. Yeah, totally. Like, I, no, I don't want to be on the fifth fucking softball team. <laughs> like four t- softball teams is enough. Obligation in general fucks people up. You know, you feel obligated. I had a I had a friend, very very social friend. And he's like, every weekend was a different birthday, and it was exhausting. I'm like, listen, man, how many friends you got? Oh, about a hundred. All right, you realize that that means there's going to be two fucking birthdays a week on average. And he's like, oh, I never thought about it that way. I was like, yeah, you can't do it. It's unsustainable. Like you have to have discretion. By the way, in all aspects. By the way, let's get to the punchline. Or good. Like that's your life. <laughs> yeah, or be the good, birthday guy. Or be that guy. Yeah. Just don't complain. My big thing, like, I had like I think about this in both ways. You you want more money and more stuff? Work. Work more. Like, like work more. But like then I have the flip. I have all these friends, they're like doing great, crushing millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars. And they'll sit there and they'll be like, oh man, like I wish I spent I wish I had more time for my kids. I'm like, you have $38 million in cash in your bank. I'm like, don't fucking PR me. Go and fucking spend time with your kids. Yeah. Like, Stop making I, just, I just don't like complaining. Like, you can do anything. You can, go to, you can go to 365 birthdays a year. You could be on 37 softball teams. <laughs> you can make $4. You can make $4 trillion. My big thing is, don't complain. You're in control. Only two people, I've been saying this a lot. I believe in it. There's only two groups of people that listen to you complaining. A, the ones that have to. Your mom, right? the two or three closest relatives you have. And then B, your other loser friends. <laughs> right? Like the other one's like, yeah, the man. Like, yeah, Trump's holding me back. Yeah, Obama's holding me back. It's, yeah, It's comfortable come- because then they don't have to put themselves out there as People don't want to take yeah. responsibility. I love that everything's my fault. Anything happens at VaynerMedia that's broken, my fault. You know why? I hired the person. Yep. Like, yeah, I get it that Sally's a dick face. Guess what? I hired her. And that's any leader. That's, any leader, any the, leader steps up and says, okay, my bad. And not for kicks and giggles, not because no. it looks good, not because it sounds fun on a podcast, because it's true. Yep. hundred percent. It's been beautiful wrapping with you here, brother. Fun, man. I'm looking forward to a lot of cool things we're going to create in the future. I can't wait. Wish yep. everybody good health. See Indeed. ya. Much love. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Aubrey Marcus podcast. As always, we deeply appreciate it if you share it with a friend or leave a review on iTunes. And of course, go to onit.com slash Aubrey, get 10% off all of the tools for human optimization.